Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Bio2040. This is Flavio Rump, and today I'm very excited to have with me Nadine Martin, who's the head of innovation management at Sitem Insel AG. She will explain in a bit what that is. She has extensive experience in the biomedical field, having been a physician and a researcher in both small and large companies for over 20 years. So, Nadine, welcome to the podcast. Yes, hello. So, Nadine, would you please um, introduce to us a little bit what is Sitem Insel AG, uh, what is the aim of the um, company, and, and what, do you guys, um, uh, what do you guys do? Yes. Um, um, so, Sitem Insel, Sitem stands for Swiss Institute for Translation and Entrepreneurial Medicine. So it was founded in um, in 2014, and it is a public-private partnership, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, it's dedicated to um, to address some hindrances in the translational, uh, in medical translation. Um, and so there's many, but we are addressing three of them. Uh, one is education uh, with the Sitem Insel School. Um, so this. Um, uh, has been there's master courses having been established um, to increase the knowledge uh, on the process and activities of the translational process uh, from taking uh, an idea or component or uh, device from the lab to the medical practice. Uh, then the other uh, the other point or uh, topic is collaboration with the enabling facilities. So this will be addressed by a building um, where uh, researchers, clinicians, startups, um, industry, consultants, uh, associations can work together. We'll live in the same place and we'll work together. And the third um, is the facilitation function, Mm -hmm. uh, which will be addressed into the promoting services, helping with regulatory environment and research on the regulatory environment um, to, um, you know, get innovations to the market faster. Great. Okay, so CITEM seems to be um, sort of an initiative targeting at helping all this research uh, money and efforts that are going in to finding cures uh, in the biomedical field. Uh, And it seems to be that Oh, we'd like to increase the amount of uh, companies and through that the amount of uh, products and cures that actually end up uh, in patients um, well, on the, on the bedside so that we can actually cure and help these patients. Um, now, uh, would you mind explaining a little bit how or what are the biggest uh, hindrances that are currently preventing or making it harder for some of these research findings that have been found in universities and seem to be able to work and how what's preventing them slowing them down to becoming actual products uh, that that will actually help patients yeah um, there's there's a couple of or, or many known factors um, I'd um, like to rather talk to some that um, uh, maybe gaps or um, topics that I encountered um, in recent times and that uh, you know should also or at the same time being addressed or not be forgotten mm-hmm. um, so to make a good link and a good um, flow in, in, in all the initiatives. 
Um, so one of which would be the, the missing know-how and the missing connections and network of uh, potential researchers and potential startuppers um, in you know getting their way through the whole system and thereby slowing down the whole process. So that's uh, more a matter of not if but rather when uh, in terms of yeah getting to right to the right persons. Um, so the um, yeah there. Can you? Wait, okay, sorry, I'm gonna, do, do you have an example of, of what um, what kind of like know-how connections? What does that look like? So we're talking about a researcher has uh, made a finding and now um, he's struggling to. In, in what way? Uh, what are the main things he's missing that that you guys can help with? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's different things. So it's um, different levels. So maybe it can be a regulatory. The, the knowledge of a regulatory context can be. Um, business development can be about scale up of the idea or actually um, the misunderstanding or the lack of understanding of how the idea or the finding of data matches to a real need mm-hmm. um, so that maybe somebody would also pay for mm-hmm. the solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there mm-hmm. is sometimes a mismatch and therefore it's it's good to, to align um, and um, we could help um, you know, like a startup to to get contact to the industry, mm-hmm. or or get contact maybe uh, to the to the academia. Mm-hmm. Um, so vice versa. So there's the two the two way two ways around. And and more recently, I had um, I, I can give you two examples. So a physician came up and he had developed a new device, mm-hmm. and so he was interested to get that, of course, onto the market. Mm-hmm. But he had just no idea. Uh, so who to contact? Who um, who in the industry you know would be interested? He didn't know names and so on. So what we could do is get him actually hooked onto the right association, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so he found in he found in there enough um, you know, potential partners that he could um, hook onto. And so we got we got the feedback saying he was very happy that eventually um, he had some names and and had already made contacts and it looked it looked nice. So. Um, it's it's very small, it's something very small mm-hmm. we can do, but to improve drastically mm-hmm. uh, the speed of his of his translation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I had another one. He is a, he was a researcher and he had developed a technology platform, and all of a sudden he realized that maybe he could use it in a completely different field, mm-hmm. but outside his domain of expertise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we could advise him on how best to raise his knowledge in that new field mm-hmm. uh, to understand whether this was feasible at all or not and to get contact to a number of um, experts in that field in this new domain that he could talk to mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, get a fine-tune sort of his idea uh, about using the technology in a different field of expertise. And so there's there's many other constellations. Uh, we've had also startups coming and say, okay, we want... We need a proof of concept. We need contact to clinicians. Mm. Um, so it's like going back to the, the they have gotten from the uh, pure bench lab uh, university mm. basic basic research setting, uh, taking it further. But before you talk to the industry, you, you, there's different other steps in mm-hmm. between, like the proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, in, in the medical field, you may you may then need to yeah to have the con- the right contacts to mm-hmm. the clinicians who would be willing to yeah 
to develop that together and, and be interested in, in the project. Got it. Okay, so missing know-hows and missing connections is, is an important point, and you guys are um, you know, really addressing that point with your initiative, and I think that's really valuable and, and, and great. Um, what are other uh, hindrances that you're seeing, maybe also things that you guys are not able to address within the context of CTEM? Um, I think there's um, there's probably more the yeah like the the current accepted framework, mm-hmm. um, i.e. the framework of the the patents, the intellectual property, and maybe the uh, yeah the the mantra of the of the impact factor. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let's um, let's talk first to the um, to the intellectual property. So of course the patents is is um, irreplaceable. Um, because it enables the entrepreneurs um, to commercialize at the end their research, and without a patent, um, they can they're just not capable of monetizing their innovation, uh, and that would seriously limit them. Um, and also, for developing their ideas, they need um, at the end um, money to to do to go through all the different steps, also the clinical research steps, which is very expensive. So for an investor who, mm-hmm. is, who is dealing with a high-risk investment, mm-hmm. so they need to have some security. And so they will have security if the, the idea, the original idea has been patented. So mm-hmm. that's, mm, that's um, accept, accepted and that's uh, how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, now the question would be, is that the only way mm-hmm. or could we envisage in moving forward um, other other ways of, of handling it so this would certainly be it's the established way and it, there's nothing that's going to change that mm-hmm. but maybe in addition mm-hmm. one could have other thoughts around mm-hmm. maybe uh, for some development crowdfunding could be an option mm-hmm. I think it hasn't been tested too often mm-hmm. <laughs> at least not in that field mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um there could be options like um, the CERN in, in Geneva uses. So they put their um, their inventions online and they would out-license it, but making it um, available to more people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. some, some specifics on how they out-license. They would not mm-hmm. out-li- out-license it to everybody and for any purpose, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, of course, it's normal. Um, but it's um, they are potentially making their inventions available to more to mm. bigger bigger community. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a very interesting uh, that's a very interesting um, approach. Uh, or you could also imagine um, financing um, clinical researches uh, mm, uh, or, or developing it via different means. Not uh, for instance, not with for profit organizations but rather for with non profit organizations and um, mm-hmm. an organization mm-hmm. like the DNDA uh, DI has has shown that mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. it's very specific they have a very um, a niche uh, mm-hmm. area where mm-hmm. they work in but mm-hmm. still it's it's efficient mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's um, there's maybe new ways of thinking in, in that direction that one could explore to so, so what you're talking about is really um, the um, sort of the closed uh, box versus like an open box. It seems like right that there's some researchers or the traditional accepted way is to um, sort of you know you're in your little lab 
and you're, you know, the only people you're talking to is the other people in your lab, and you try to keep everything as secret as possible because you sort of have to have that so you can get, um, you know, your 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 patents filed uh, correctly, and and, and like uh, you don't want competitors to know your strategies and so forth, right? As soon as you if you publish stuff too early, it may actually hinder your ability to get a patent, right? So there's this conflict between. Um, you know, research should be open and people should know what you're doing so that they can benefit and save time and we can further improve each other. But there's the other thing that if we actually want to bring an innovation to market, as you were saying, um, you know, you're going to need investors because you're going to need a lot of money to do that because you need to do all these clinical trials. In order to get that money, you need to be able to promise some kind of return and that return um, investors will only um, be able to capitalize on if you have a patent that actually allows you, you know, for, for some years after you've been approved to actually be the only um, manufacturer of, of a drug or, or a device, right? So we have that conflict and you're saying, well, maybe there's other ways where you can keep both your protection of the patent, but maybe there's more flexible ways of saying, okay, I have Correct. a patent, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to share parts of it or, or if you're going to, improve on things that I wasn't able to think of in my little lab, you know, how about you do that? And then I'll keep a little share of it, but you can also benefit. I think that's sort of what Correct. you're saying, that there's, yeah. that there's other ways, new ways that we can think about how do we share findings and how do we increase the amount of collaboration that is happening. Yes, indeed, because you, yeah, in, indeed, for the same sort of research money invested, mm. you can get more out of it mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you can translate more. Right. Uh, correct. So that's that's on that side by sharing, for instance, or by um, being willing to 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 give the use of the patent or to make use of the patent in a different way, mm. or alternatively also to have a different way of uh, getting the investment. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. in some instances, for some areas, it may be. Uh, the a better choice actually mm-hmm. than going through you know the normal the normal the, doing it the normal way. It, it, is that is that would you say is that because it's faster somehow or would what would what would you see where in which areas do you think that crowdfunding could could actually improve the status quo? It's, uh, if it's if it's if it works well if it's the right project also um, uh, then it could be faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what I hear is sometimes the startups say, "Okay, how do we get to these investors? How, what you know, they they want to um, to analyze and decode the investors' DNA mm-hmm. because the in order to make sure they can address um, or can prepare to address what does the investor want or mm-hmm. want to hear and want to see." And so that's very that's very cumbersome for some. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you have been researcher only at the bench, you know all this area is none. It's it's not you have you're not knowledgeable about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one, that that's one part, and the other part is also again like I already mentioned is the connections. Mm-hmm. So to whom do we go? Mm-hmm. So because you need to to have to make many 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 contacts mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you sort of get the right person who says, oh, this is project is fantastic right. and I, I, wanna, I, I want to do something about it. So other ways, you know, being aware that there's other ways and maybe trying out for specific projects other ways would be an option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and exploring a new option could <laughs> open um, new ways 
in, in terms, again, of, of speeding up uh, the translational part. You also mentioned something about uh, the mantra of impact factors. Would you, could you elaborate a little bit? How does that um, impact uh, translation? Yes, of course. Um, so what the researchers, um, the, the output, or they are very often measured by their research output, is by not only, pub- so first by publishing, by publishing in high impact factors, and then on how often you know, they are quoted. So that's like the metrics uh, of a researcher. Uh, of course, uh, then based on that, they get, of course, further funding. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, okay, that's the normal environment. So there's for themselves, um, and maybe dep- it depends on the ecosystem, I, I, may, I may need to say, but depending on the ecosystem, um, that will be it. So that they will continue doing that and maybe publish their results uh, and and making it available, but then you cannot economically use it in the same way. So that by the publication itself, you still do not have a product mm. or you do not have a solution mm. at the bad side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit the, the problem as as we go along. We see with the, with the system, mm, with this established system. So um, of course, if you are a researcher, that's that's. You know that you live in that frame. Mm. So what would be very nice and very encouraging is if the, we could take the researcher just one step, just one step further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, many ecosystems um, try to push them to, to you know to take the idea to the market, but many um, are researchers, so they are not businessmen, and they will not be able or willing. Um, for some reasons, mm, to do an MBA and then to be to develop or to mute mm-hmm. <laughs> into a businessman, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, by have by living in an ecosystem that where you have good examples of that, they mm-hmm. may trust themselves more mm-hmm. and may get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I have talked to a number because this is a, a topic dear to my heart, and I have talked to a number of of researchers, and some are really. Um, they are unhappy because on one hand side they are asked to do high high quality research and also to translate but they have no know-how and no knowledge and sometimes also no willingness to, to do um, to do this translation just thinking of writing a business plan mm-hmm. or crunching numbers mm-hmm. this is for some persons mm-hmm. you know in terms of their their own DNA is not feasible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I think instead of trying to push them all into that mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. Uh, or onto that, that um, track mm-hmm. uh, it may be more easy uh, to just have a collective understanding that if I create data or if they have created top quality data mm-hmm. that maybe um, you know if they are sensitized to Mm, to own this translation, what happens mm. next? Mm. Not that they should do it themselves, but that they should just watch what happens with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's their they it's their sort of intellectual property. They have worked maybe for so many hours, sometimes during the weekends, during nights, and so on, to get to these results. So it sometimes it's really tough getting the funding, getting through all of it. So. I think you know, getting to just a little next step mm. to say, okay, what 
is going to happen with this data now. Mm-hmm. I think there we could already improve a lot towards the translation. Because mm. then the researcher could say, okay, no, I am publishing it because, mm. well, for some reason, or I go first to the tech transfer office, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we get patent, patented, or when the patent comes in, say, get still to the tech transfer office, mm-hmm. say, hey, what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. So can you, can you organize me some industries interested in that mm-hmm. uh, who will then right. translate and you create a license agreement or something? Right. Um, or they could, uh, depending on the ecosystem, on the examples they have, the role models they've had, mm-hmm. um, the colleagues that maybe have um, started up and say, well, no, I want, I, well, that's, that's, that looks great or mm-hmm. for that project, it looks great and I yeah. want to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think this this um, getting away from the only um, publication impact factor mm. citation, just one step further. Yeah. Not trying to make a startup out of everybody, but right. just to have the sensitization or the, the increased awareness, mm-hmm. should I say, uh, of the researcher, uh, you know, to take it just to, you know, to take ownership, to take it to the next step, not necessarily doing it oneself mm-hmm. you can delegate it yes. but you can still have the ownership of that step yes yes i think that would that would be great great i i think you're making some some really um important points here and i just want to kind of re- reflect on them briefly um I, you know the, it speaks to me of but you, you talked about awareness and i think it's it's, it's critical and yet two pieces i think one is the awareness and the one is the sort of a bit more of a holistic understanding of, of the process, you know, one of the things I've heard in, in you know in my uh, conversations was that sometimes or a lot of times, you know, students they start and then on a the certain track and they learn a lot about the science, but they they often not necessarily know a lot. But what happens exactly once, you know, what what even even with the patent, even that often it stops there. It's like okay, patents and then and, you know raising money, but then also how does this you know the regulatory bodies and then how does this play into um, you know, you know, dealing with the insurance companies. I mean, there's so many paths along the way. Maybe, as you said, not every researcher needs to be an entrepreneur, but he should have um, a picture of what it actually takes to take a medicine to market, at least generally. And then he should have, and I think it's very important, at least the ownership of saying, okay, well, in the, and the self-awareness of like, this is what I like doing. This is what I don't like doing. But I will see through that, whatever innovations I make, that they get to market somehow, if they, you know, if these innovations are good. So I think that's a really, really critical point. And maybe um, it's it's our job also, or, you know, to, to just keep educating people and, and showing that there's different ways to get medicines to, to market, that you don't necessarily need to be an entrepreneur. You can if you want to, and there's great ways to do that. And you guys are obviously helping, but there's also other ways where you can maybe be connected with more entrepreneurial people and you can maybe hand off some of the responsibility and just knowing what your options are and that it's okay to take any of them as long as you're generally Absolutely. committed to um, making sure that the research you're putting in you know where you spent a lot of time and is also tax funded uh, often how do you how do we make sure that patients ultimately benefit and if we can work together and and, and just hand off and delegate properly uh, maybe we can increase the amount of innovation and the speed at which they go uh, to market. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And some some of the agencies, also the funding agencies, 
by doing the same. Mm. Um, I just think there there has been uh, initiatives now starting to look not only you know to have like also the translational part. I have also in terms of before you end or finish a project, mm. see okay how. Uh, what has come out, you know, in terms yeah. of publication, IP, etc., but also in terms of translation, that will also greatly help uh, the whole process. Yeah. Indeed. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, then, uh, is there any uh, thing else? And you know, one one thing that um, comes to mind is is you know negative results uh, that um, are you know you do some research, uh, you're trying out a specific, um, let's say compound and you know it seemed to be very promising but you actually tested in um, say in various in vitro assays maybe even in in, in vivo and you'll find out that um, some things don't work and and a lot of times these negative results then uh, do not get published at least the impact factor mantra you we just um, talked about um, you know journals typically want new results uh, exciting new results, and so so there's a bit of a or a big problem in, in publishing negative results that would have potentially saved other people time, uh, not pursuing the same routes. Can you speak a little bit more about how that uh, may also impact um, translational efforts? Yeah, sure. Um, so the unfortunately to date there's not really a solution to it, and I think every um, in in all the institutional researchers understand that this is a problem. And um, um, I, I lately um, uh, was talking about this topic to to a, a lady, former PhD student, mm. um, and uh, she was she was saying, oh. Yeah, I never thought really about it, but mm. actually, when I did my PhD, I lost one year um, because I, I some um, some um, yeah, research work, some studies didn't work, didn't mm. turn out. Mm -hmm. So it took me one year to understand that it that it wouldn't work and how to reorganize it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And later, when when she had her PhD later on, she realized that uh, this had been done before, but mm. she was not aware of it. Mm. Um, and so she. <laughs> This is really too bad. Mm -hmm. And so, as how much um, time and money is involved in that? You know, mm -hmm. not knowing the negative mm -hmm. results mm -hmm. is actually is is actually unknown, probably. Mm -hmm. um, so, certainly by publishing or making those data available, of course, we we talk the scientific soundness of that research must have been must be guaranteed. Of course. So, uh, I mean, you can have negative results because you're design was maybe bad or mm -hmm. something or, mm -hmm. or not not as it should you know to the standards that's right. different i'm not talking about that right, so right. but you know if you postulate a hypothesis well it's it's going to be positive or, or not you mm -hmm. know it's going mm -hmm. to be you know it's, you will confirm it or not mm -hmm. and so if you don't this is really something that should be shared mm. and there has been some initiatives on how to do that mm -hmm. um, but um, they were not conclusive mm -hmm. so I think um, I have talked to, to some people about that mm, there's no consensus either mm -hmm. but there's sort of the need to have access to it is, is sort of a a commonality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I have no direct solution, but I wonder whether there's some maybe non-for-profit organizations or mm, philanthropy mm, mm, you know, efforts or, or projects that could go into at least looking into mm -hmm, it. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, h- how it could be optimally addressed in in our in today's environment you mm-hmm. know of big data etc mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. if there's no or even ie if there's some some uh, some possibilities at least yeah. first to to identify what could be options and then to implement them mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think those those are super valid points, and uh, you know it's also a topic I've been, you know, thinking and, and, and uh, having conversations about quite a bit. And um, you know, there's just a new article that just came out where, where it talks about when you know this whole open science movement, where the idea is that you publish results uh, regardless of whether they're good or bad, and you sort of also publish them more continuously, not only like. When it's all done, three years later, maybe there's valuable things. After one year of research, it would already be valuable. I think it's sort of going into the same vein. And the guy in, in the post is basically, and I'll, we can put that later in, in, the, in the show notes, but the article talks about actually open science should just be science. Like or There's actually no, in a way, there's no distinction. Like That should be the way that just science is done in general, right? So, um, And it's it's probably a thing that, well, I don't know, from my end, it seems like it's something that we have to both address on a, um, you know, uh, mental level, like what's the, what's the mantra again, and also but support that, and that's what you were talking about as well, like with technical innovations that, that can make it just a lot easier. Because if I have very little direct incentive to publish negative results, um, but if it's super easy, if it's just sort of built into my process that when my machine Absolutely. does a readout... The data gets published somewhere. Maybe I don't mind as long as I don't have a lot of effort for for to do it, right? So I I think we have to think again very holistically and from different angles. And it's probably what you were saying as well that we have to rethink. And there's maybe not one single solution, but there's there can be steps definitely taken that will make it um, easier for people to share. And and the example you mentioned of a year of of, uh, finding something that was already done before. Obviously, it sounds a bit heart-wrenching to hear these stories. Um, yeah, 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 indeed. indeed. And, and actually, the, the problem is that it's, it's probably the solution has not been found either because it's global. It's, mm. it's globally. It's not like uh, uh, one community or one area. So it's any area of science. Any. Yeah. It's not necessarily biomedical, yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. but it's, it's sort yeah. of uh, all, all the areas. Um, and it's it's any any university, it's any any research institute. So um, that makes it maybe complicated, more mm. complicated. But nevertheless, um, in terms of hindrances, um, mm. this is certainly you know it's certainly something to look into. And it's not one shouldn't mm, refrain from looking into it just because we know it's going <laughs> to be complicated. <laughs> no, that's a, it's, a, it's a very good point. So I encourage listeners to. Um, Keep thinking about these problems, and, and if you have any interesting uh, insights, uh, solutions, you know, please reach out, and we'll be happy to um, feature uh, you or, or who you think we should feature on the podcast. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, you know, what can we do to improve innovation? We talked about several problems. We've, we've talked about some potential solutions. Uh, what else have you sort of seen um, that could potentially improve really um, patient outcomes um, so there's um, maybe two areas uh, that uh, I'm that are sort of dear to my heart um, and that comes out of my innovation management um, uh, interest mm. and, and currently activity 
um, one of which was developed when I, when I did my certificate in innovation management, uh, where I, I sort of realized, strangely, that during the clinical trial area that I did, so we, we would have... Um, uh, advisory boards and you know do immense effort mm. to get it right mm. um, uh, to do the right confirmatory work so that you're know, not to lose time mm. not to lose money so to to construct the studies in a way that we could confirm that the drug was was uh, mm-hmm. efficient and safe mm-hmm. um, and so that it gets to the market quickly mm-hmm. but um, what we hardly ever did was ask the patients themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, you know, if you do like business um, business plans, or you would always have this, um, you decide what's what's your product, and you would try and test it. You know, whether yeah. it's whether it's the need, it fulfills the needs. Right. Right. And um, and recently, I was talking also to to young researchers and said, well, but we go to the doctors, we go and ask the doctors. Mm-hmm. But I said, yeah, but do, did you go to the patient? Mm-hmm. I was I was um, advising a startup, and, and we were talking about the product mm-hmm. and getting reimbursement and mm-hmm. blah blah. And mm-hmm. said, okay, but did you ask the patient? So mm-hmm. who before? Is there a need? Do they see it as a need? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there was just question mark in the mm-hmm, room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so I think the patient, and I saw it on a couple of um, uh, further examples where um, the caregiver or the patient, um, if, you, if you're, for instance, in an area where you cannot cure the disease, yeah. but you have like a palliative or, or, or um, a, a symptomatic treatment, mm-hmm. so it's needed, of yeah, course, yeah. But mm, the question is, if you are in that, if you're a patient in that arena, right. in that field, you know, what would be the best improvement or the best innovation for you? Mm. So probably, or th- there's occasions, because if you look, um, I came across that because if you look at some open innovation platforms mm-hmm. where people, I mean, caregivers mm-hmm. develop, for instance, devices mm-hmm. to help the patient mm, mm-hmm. you see this is because out and, and if you look at the motivation it is out of an unmet need mm. so they have nobody to, <laughs> there's nobody um, neither from the academia nor from the industry helping them you know to address that unmet need so they try to develop it themselves and therefore I came uh, besides the fact that patients are not directly involved because yeah. One thinks the the doctors or or other persons or maybe yeah will best know mm. what they need, mm. and I'm sure they they do to a very large extent, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's not I'm my solutions or my proposals is, is always like add-ons. It's mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. replacing or whatever. So it is it is heavily important, but it is not a hundred percent. And for this this additional part mm-hmm. to maybe focus the research mm-hmm. or you know what is really needed mm-hmm. what do, does, does this category of patient need i think we should ask mm-hmm. themselves ask them directly mm-hmm. and ask the caregivers i think this could be this could be in terms of because the question was uh, you know an innovation that could yeah. lead to a completely different um, set of innovations yeah. or at least at looking at your, at the innovation you plan to do mm. in a different way and it it could give you some insights um, on also further positioning and so on very early on in the development yeah mm. no, I, it's very interesting to hear um, 
you know, I, I have my background is more in, in, in tech startups and there's definitely been a, um, a big, you know, sort of new narrative or changing narrative to some degree of, of you know, call it, we call it customer development. The idea is that you spend, before you write a line of code, you should interview 50, 100, 200 customers and actually really deeply understand mm-hmm. uh, their problems. Um, and it seems like in the medical field, well, what I'm hearing is that it's not always so obvious that it, there's pro- the way I'm understanding is there's probably some things, well, if you can cure, if a disease is very well defined and if you find a cure for it, maybe you can get along without talking to almost any patient because you know if I find a cure for cancer, for this kind of cancer, it, people will buy. But what you're saying is maybe, is it a little bit more in maybe... Um, medical tech or is it is that too broad of a generalization is it more uh, the symptomatic treatments you just mentioned is there a category of um um uh indications or, or problems where patient-centered um uh, innovation would really make a, a big difference you feel like um so in this um yeah more chronic uh, chronic arenas mm. so what i mean by that is if you want to develop another another compound another drug yeah. um you know and you as a company for instance you try and characterize it with mm. you know like um better uh, you know better efficiency or get the same efficiency with less pill count mm. or um you know um get an, another compound with um, less side effects or 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 not one specific side effect mm. or you know these kind of things so that's very often how the argumentation you know sort of argumentation why you would develop it right, right. yeah this is this is fair mm-hmm. and this is sound but what i'm saying is if if you have um, identified that, cross check with your customers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the customers, of course, in terms of payers. So there's one side, the payers. There's the prescriber, mm-hmm. but there's the user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so the question that I'm I'm ask myself, and that I I would think could be an a track, an interesting track to pursue, is ask the patient because the patient may say, well, I'm not, you know, if you don't. You know, if I have now, uh, if you tell me I take a pill once a day instead of three times a day, that's not an advantage for me. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe um, I'd need a device. So if mm-hmm. I, I look at it in terms of a disease disease management, and mm-hmm. there you can have different things. So mm-hmm. you can have anything like from a device, maybe from an app uh, to to the compound itself, to drug monitoring, to uh, compliance monitoring, or whatever. So you yeah. have like like monitoring the parameters i don't know blood glucose sugar levels or whatever so it's it's a whole it's a whole package yeah and yeah. i think in developing um if we're in that arena mm-hmm. um then it would be interesting to hear more yeah. about the patients themselves what would be a dramatic improvement for them or you know um if you have identified some or characterized a new compound you know what else would need to be given so that it would really mean an improvement to them. And I think that is where you could get more insights in terms of how could we innovate or how could we make that mm, innovation more meaningful or more interesting. Um, yeah. So no. it can be different levels. Very, very good. I, I think that's, that's critical. And it seems like um, some people are thinking about, uh, I've, I've definitely heard the term patient-centered mm-hmm. 
uh, development before, um, but it seems like you're saying we could probably do a lot more still uh, in that area. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy you, you bring that up and, and bring it back into my awareness and, and our listeners' awareness. Um, you mentioned there's there's two areas. You mentioned the patient-centered design. What was the uh, second uh, area you'd like to uh, talk about? So the other, there I, I mentioned it briefly in, in a different context, so that's open innovation, mm. actually. Mm. So um, this open innovation exists in a number of, um, you know, for, for some time already mm-hmm. now. <laughs> it's it's no, not new. Um, it, it has been used in, in a number of industries very successfully. There's um, uh, pharma companies who use it uh, extensively and regularly. Uh, but in this translation area, mm-hmm. this is not so hmm. used. I think the, there's also academia use it for specific tools, if um, maybe for for resources or, or knowledge sharing mm-hmm. or so on. So there, it's 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 there, um, mm-hmm. but it's not together at sort of a center center. Mm, or at the center of the translation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, well, there's there's obviously reasons because you know one is afraid to share, and you know uh, you have this. We were talking about IP. Uh, you know, there's other some constraints why you wouldn't want to mm-hmm. share that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's you know having the normal tracks of uh, R and D or you know re- doing research should be should be left as is mm-hmm. but this is a um, it's like a, a resource mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could be used to enhance a number of developments mm-hmm. you know, say and could it, it sh- should it be um uh, so so first maybe i should say first is you could you, you can enlarge the number of people working with you uh, and also not not only increase the number but the the type. So um, by being more open, uh, or maybe I should explain first what's open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> open uh, in, a, in a, inside a company, you would say, okay, innovation comes out of the R and D. Therefore, mm-hmm. you you've got an R and D department to right. get yourself new new stuff out, right, and right, out right. products. Um, but um, so companies have have developed that and mm-hmm. enlarged that so to give any person in the company the opportunity to put forward an idea or um, you know an improvement mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. etc so that's one and then some have gone further to extend it to the external world mm. um, it can be limited more limited um, depending also on the field and how how um, um, IP critical the area is yeah, yeah. Um, you could um, include your customers mm. you could also include your um, manufacturers or mm. your mm, yeah zulifa mm-hmm. um, and um, so because they have potentially in some some like automobile industry and so on like in the big big tech uh, industry very often um, innovations come out because the, the the manufacturers they say oh we have a new uh, you know we have a new um, technology or we have a new um Material, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. would you want so then you know, right? You, you get through the whole chain, and at yeah. the end comes a new product, right? So uh, you can you can enlarge this, and that's actually what's mean by by open. So you you mm. open it up, and of course you have like the platforms, uh, like the Adito platform, which was uh, I think the first Swiss one, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. even the first European one, mm-hmm. uh, came out of Switzerland. Um, that is also for for the big, you know, for for the big pub for the Public, so you open, you can open it to to anybody. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's big public, uh, yeah. 
so, so does it mean does it mean that I'm um, sharing the problems that I'm facing as a company or the, the areas that I'd like innovation in? Am I also sharing uh, data? Like I'm assuming there's various forms this could work, but do you have a maybe a little bit more of a concrete suggestion of, of how in, in a translation context, what would be an area or, or a way or maybe just to give it a little bit more meat, what could be a way mm-hmm. that we could that this could really make an impact? Mm-hmm. So let's say for usually in terms of open innovation, you talk about um, like a project or a question mm-hmm. as a campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I, I was mentioning before, not only the number, but also the, the, the type, the variety mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. the diversity, should mm-hmm. I say. Mm-hmm. So if you have, um, if you're addressing only the people in your company, so they have knowledge about your product, etc. But if you, for a specific question, you would invite some other researchers from mm-hmm. a different field mm-hmm. or maybe somebody who has no idea or yeah has you know like knowledge of the same type of processes in an under, other industry or so and so then you get completely you know you can look at your question uh, you can have people looking at your question from a different angle mm-hmm. that has that you, nobody in your company could do mm. and therefore you can generate you know innovation now the questions uh, so that you can handle are, are very diverse mm. and it depends on the um, strategy of an individual company or organization who uses it mm-hmm. um, why they want to use it mm-hmm. now you can have originally it was used for idea generation so to mm-hmm. say okay we um, um, uh, I, I remember um yeah, like like um, uh, idea generation maybe. Mm-hmm. So okay, we want to div- create a new um, handbag. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what features would it, would you want it to have, mm-hmm. or create your own, or this kind of thing? So that's mm-hmm. one. So afterwards, you end up after your campaign, you would end up with a number of ideas mm-hmm. on on how to do it, mm-hmm. and then there's processes behind right, uh, that right. you defined before, you know, usually. Uh, because your community has contributed, yeah, so yeah, yeah. they they want to know, you know, who, who, what's going to happen. So you can make se- selection processes either by jury or or maybe by crowd voting mm-hmm. or these kind of things. And then you 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 know you can um, uh, prioritize it, and then you you may come up with one or two ideas that you then want to um, add a, b- a business plan to it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then implement it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you could also have the same thing for resources, uh, you know, to ask, okay, say, I have a project, I need this, this and that knowledge or know-how, etc., who can, who can contribute. And very often, the, uh, what's interesting is not only the initial suggestion, but also the debate mm. Uh, on it because the, these comp- campaigns are set up in a way that uh, you know the community who has uh, entered it um, can comment on it, and so this is also very interesting in terms of you know finding new ideas or mm. what's um, what's yeah what's at the heart of the mm-hmm. the interest or the preoccupation of of the community that you have invited to contribute. Mm-hmm. So it can be on the on the 
idea generation. It can be also, okay, we created that idea. We want to take it further. Uh, what would be like features you that would be interesting, etc. Mm-hmm. So there's different way you can use it in different ways, and you can open or close it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, depending on on the topics. Mm-hmm. So you can have a more limited um, club of very highly trained people mm-hmm. that you you know, mm-hmm. or you can li- limit it to more. Um, a close, uh, close, um, closer community um, because of confidentiality reasons, mm-hmm. for instance, or you can open it up uh, right, on, on right. to the big public. Right. Yeah. So, but it is, it is not. Um, it's just a resource yeah, that yeah, I yeah. think has not been used, and this could also be used, for instance, getting back to the to the yeah biomedical field. Mm-hmm. Like you have an idea, you can involve maybe industry partners earlier yeah. on, yeah. or potential customers yes. earlier on, right. and so on, and they co sort of co develop it, mm-hmm. uh, and you get more precise ideas on 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 getting a product onto the market quick, and so you don't do try and errors later on in the process. So that's, um, I think that's a resource that's interesting. And one good example actually comes from the University of California, San Diego. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they have implemented, I think it's only three years ago, mm-hmm. um, the faculty wanted um, uh, yeah, to implement their, stri- their new strategic goals mm-hmm. and it, they used an open mm-hmm. platform oh. to do that. Mm-hmm. And it has been extremely successful. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's probably really worth um i mean you you were mentioning you know maybe to have some other people on yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on your uh on the on the bio 2040 so uh so I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that university of california san diego uh initiative that sounds very uh interesting and pertinent to to the discussion so um yeah very happy to um to look at that and it's 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 so in summary it seems like you're saying um you know, there's again. It's again referring to the closed box versus open box to a certain degree. I think this, this the mantra of like, okay, I need to keep a lot of stuff to myself, and there's some advantages maybe to that. But there seems there's definitely lots of advantages to be had from being a bit more open with what I'm doing and what my challenges are, and involving others. And and I think I mean this is I, I would say this is true in life in general that we can learn a lot more by being open uh, with others. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, experiments to be made. Um, maybe some of them will fail, but maybe some of them will work really well. Uh, so it's, what I'm also hearing, it's probably very important to exchange examples uh, you know, between different, uh, whether it's universities or, or startups or, or big pharma players, to exchange a bit of like, hey, what's actually working and, and how do we involve? Because it's not only about, oh, here's the data. It's also about then building a community, uh, you know, getting these people in, interested and involved and how do you incentivize them to some degree and um, have a, a clean process that everyone understands what they're putting in, what they're getting out of. I, there's probably a lot of questions around uh, how to properly um, run these open innovation initiatives. And, and there's probably an area that we could spend a lot more time talking about. We are sort of getting to the end of uh, the time we have together today. Um, but I think I think that was a good um, sort of a good ending, just to say, okay, hey, hey there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot of problems, but there's also a lot of interesting and exciting ways that we can explore, yeah. to, we can explore. And so, um, yeah, Nadine, I just want to say um, thank you a lot for for coming on uh, the show today, and um, we'll be watching what you guys are, are doing as well. Let's see them. 
thank you, Flavia, for having me here. Uh, very appreciated, and um, yeah, wish you good luck with the Bio 2040. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. So uh, yeah, this has been Flavia Rump with Bio 2040 and Nadine Martin, uh, the head of innovation management at CITEM. Um, please, um, you know, uh, give us feedback if you have any. Uh, you can reach me at Flavia at Bio2040.com, and we're looking forward to hearing you on the next episode as well. Thank you. Bye-bye.